Welcome, everybody, to episode eight of the Week of Wrestling podcast. I'm your host, Hunter the Hitman Chambliss, and I'm joined by the Cosmic Night Fury, Nico Suave Rigoli. How y'all doing, folks? Uh, looks like we're doing a doubleheader review, recap, or comparison uh, between, between Evolution and Crown Jewel, which the, the Crown kind of got devalued heavily, uh, is what I'll say. Oh, without a doubt. So, um, yeah, we're doing uh, Evolution and Crown Jewel recaps. Next week will be nothing but new stories, but with this week being so packed full of two WWE pay-per-views in a row, it is our job to talk about that. So, uh, let's kick off with Evolution, since that was the first one we watched. We did a big watch-along over on Multiplex uh, Entertainment YouTube page. That went about four hours long. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, and it's surprisingly, through the whole four hours, we, we were never bored. We, uh, mm -hmm. uh, like, And that just shows what a quality show evolution was is that we found reasons to keep ourselves entertained uh, uh the the paper the pay-per-view card as a whole uh on paper was good but on television excellent uh, so mm -hmm. yeah so already i think you can tell where our hearts are in terms of like which pay-per-view won the week yeah so if you want to kick it off we start with alicia fox and mickey james taking on the team of Lita and Trish Stratus. It was supposed to be Alexa Bliss, but Bliss, I believe, had concussion issues, so she had to um, bow out of this one. Well, so, actually, actually, it was supposed to be, at first, a one-on-one -on -one match between okay. Trish Stratus and Alexa Bliss, but then they, they were like, we want to fit Lita on the card, too, but we're not entirely sure how, so they, they turned it into a tag match, and thankfully... Alexa Bliss had Mickey James uh, in her corner, and she's had her in her corner for mm -hmm. the better part of the past couple of years now. Uh, and uh, when Alexa got hurt, um, that opened the door for Alicia Fox to fill in. And all in all, it was a great it was a great way to start off the event mm -hmm. with with that little bit of nostalgia feel uh, of Teen Bestie. Uh, being back in the ring for the first time in a while, uh, at least in a, in terms of WWE, first time together in in a while since probably like the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, and um, a lot of good spots. A lot of good spots. There were a few. Uh, there were like one or two botches involving Alicia Fox, uh, but uh, aside from that, the the match as a whole was just brilliant. Great way to get the crowd hot, and also it 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 wasn't so good that it left every other match on the card unable to live up to the expectations that were set. Yeah, definitely. Um, this match was a, as you said, a great way to kick it off because you have two legends returning to the ring. This is the first all women's WWE pay per view. What a great way to kick off, kind of, um, you know, getting the crowd hot, getting the crowd into the action, which then leads down to other matches later on. Um, the one botch that, that I can, you know, remember 
is actually not on. It's partly Alicia's, partly the ref's fault. Referee went down one, two, and then stopped right as he was going down for the three to, to allow uh, Fox to stop the count. Yeah, it was just a matter of uh, uh, mispositioning uh, uh, among the people involved. It happens sometimes. Like yeah. Alistair, Alistair Black and Lars Sullivan, I still remember when that spinning hook kick missed uh, the back yeah. of Lars Sullivan's head. So, like, positioning, uh, it's not always going to be perfect. But that said – uh, you mentioned nostalgia. You mentioned a nice little throwback. I mean, with uh, China, Lita, and Trish Stratus, those are the three women who, at least during the Attitude Era, they revolutionized the game for women's wrestling during that time period. So it was nice to see um, Team Bestie, Trish and Lita, back in the ring, getting to do their thing, uh, getting to do their thing once again. And for the record, um, they look pretty much the same as they did uh, when they were in the Attitude Era. Uh, yeah, uh, crazy. And, um, you know, uh, Lita, she can still moonsault with the best of them. Uh, the twist of fate, I always enjoy seeing that move. Um, she actually does an inverted version of it, I believe. Um, and Trish Stratus, um, Stratus Faction... That move was a little slow compared to other times I've seen it, but you know what? It happens. Uh, uh, the um, the uh, she finished it off with a kick, correct? Yeah, the chick kick. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful, well done. Again, great way to start off the card. Mm -hmm. So then we go into the twenty woman battle royal to determine the number one contender for either brand's women's championship. Uh, Nico, go ahead. Okay, so first, one thing you got to notice is they let every single person have an individual entrance in this battle royal. So they're giving the past, the present, and the future all of their due time and respect by letting them, by, by showcasing them fully as opposed to just like, hey, play the music so everyone can walk out at once, which is usually what they do on, in a time crunch. But thankfully, they didn't have to do that for this one. Everyone got their respect. Um, the match itself starts off after the Iconics deliver a very ill-timed promo in which they said everyone in the ring sucks, and then they get circled in the middle of the ring like two wildebeests surrounded by a pack of lions. Uh, and bye-bye. Yeah, and then they just get thrown out of the ring, and then the and then. The actual battle royal. Uh, oh no! Wait. Then it becomes a matter of old school versus new school, in yeah. which in the which they're off. Yeah. The the new school then starts to circle the old school uh, uh, superstars, and then fight breaks out. We get into the typical battle royal stuff, but we get a lot of stuff happening inside the ring uh, 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 with 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 strikes and. and actual offense as opposed to just like constantly pushing people up against the ropes and trying to knock them out uh, uh, without really any buildup or setup to it. Like this is, uh, we said it a lot on the uh, watch along on multiplex. This was, this was probably the best battle Royal that either of us have seen in quite a long time. And um, you know, if you want to mention a couple of the spots uh, that happened, um, a few of the spots that I can remember is like, um, <clears throat> sorry, the stare down between Nia Jax and Tamina was really good. 
and then they start going at it. Tamina has a beautiful super kick, by the way. One of the best in all of wrestling. And by the way, at some at one point in the match, they decide, hey, let's work together. And they do Roman Reigns roar as a nice little yeah. tribute to him. Again, again, shout out to Roman Reigns. Hope you're doing well. Um, so that that was just like a little a nice little touchy feely moment for uh, that I think all of us could enjoy. Yeah. Um, and then of uh, course the the callback to the NXT rivalry between Ember Moon and Oscar, staying right in the middle of the ring, everyone's circling them, fighting, and then they just go at it with each other. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that that was fun to watch too. Uh, other spots, um, I believe it was Mandy Rose who knocked out her tag team partner Sonya yeah. Deville. And funny thing, on Twitter today, they had a nice little thing. Like for those of you who follow Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose, heavily, you know they're a big fan of donuts. So uh, basically, they had a little video where Mandy Rose has a box of donuts, actually two boxes of donuts, and she and she walks up to an angry Sonya Deville and she says. Please do not be mad at me. Uh, oh my gosh! And I was just like, "This is the perfect amount of cheese right here." Uh, and the, the, they hug and make up, and then Sonya's like, "Really? That was your line for an apology? That <laughs> so terrible, but I still love you." Uh, uh, I mean, so. hey, the fastest way to my heart is through food. So I mean, it would work for me. <laughs> um. So. And then it comes down to the last, actually the last three, because as Ember and uh, Naya are fighting on the ropes, here comes your pick, Selena Vega. Thank yes. you. She beat, she beat them both. Yeah, Selena Vega tried to pull a, uh, a Santino Morella, um, where you would hide under the under the ring until like it's the very last two, and she tried to eliminate them both. But they only ended up on the apron. They didn't fall to the outside. So she's celebrating. And then all of a sudden, she sort of backs into Naya. She turns around, and she has that awesome look on her face of like, oh, I've made a terrible decision. How, sure. how can I get out of this, if any way at all? And so like she tries to run away. Naya, I think, grabs her by the hair. Yep. Then presses, Press. her, presses her up. And just like tosses her onto Tamina. By the way, she barely, she barely hit Tamina. Yeah, like uh, Tamina just barely caught her, but still, like the impact was there, mm -hmm. and so she's eliminated. And then it gets down to the two favorites from Raw, the two friends that have kind of been feuding, Amber Moon and Nia Jax. And I think I it's right now, I've loved. Uh, Ember since her debut in NXT? Uh, I think a lot of people have, and that's why a lot of people were rooting for her to get this mm -hmm. win. Uh, and I just want to state for the record that Nia Jax getting the victory in this battle royal is not a disappointing thing to happen. It's just I think a lot of people would have gone a different way just because Ember Moon is something new to the title picture. Uh, that's kind of the, the thing that kind of bugged me down about this match is that they gave it to Nia. No... No hate on Nia at all. I actually enjoy her, but we've seen her and Ronda already. I mean, Ember and Ronda feud would have been a kind of AJ, Daniel Bryan type feud. Two baby faces going at it, but have that high competition level with but each that, other. But that said, we did have Nia versus Ronda, but we never got an actual conclusion to the yeah. one Nia versus Ronda match that we had. 
because Alexa Bliss cashed in money in the bank and uh, that match ended up being thrown out the window because of Alexa's cash in. So the, the answer as to who is better between the two of them, the irresistible force or the judo throwing a movable object is still under, is still undecided at the moment. Uh, uh, so that, that, uh, and because survivor series is on the horizon, there's still some time to have Naya do her program with Tamina. Um, uh, so we, we can get feuds. Uh, we can get the feuds that we want in the time frame before we get to TLC when I'm assuming Nia will get her official title shot. Yeah. And then, so after the battle Royal, we move on to the May young classic 2018 finals as I O Shirai. Did I say that correctly? Uh, EO Shirai. Yeah. I'm, I'm apologize. Taking on Tony storm. You and me were going crazy on the watch long for this match. You so uh, you probably more than me, but uh, but that's because you're a big Tony Storm fan, and I I, I enjoy Tony Storm too. But I think you definitely enjoy her uh, more. Um, and you know this match delivered in every way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, somehow Dave Meltzer gave it a low score, but then again, I think people are kind of like done putting stock in what Meltzer has to say <laughs> as of late. Um, but anyway, uh, the match was great. Um, uh, the main story was how many, well, maybe not the main story, but basically towards the end, the, the plot was how many of the Storm Zeros can Io Shirai kick out of and can Io Shirai land her big moonsault. And she did land the big moonsault on Tony oh Storm, but it, yeah, it was on the outside. Which and, again, picture perfect moonsault. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, like at the same level, if not better than Charlotte's outside moonsault. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say better because she actually connects with it. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so Yoshirai lands it the first time on the outside. Um, then I think Tony Storm, she manages to get her Storm Zero when they get back into the ring. Mm-hmm. It, doesn't, it doesn't work there. So they get there's some more offense. Io Shirai gets Tony Storm back down. She goes up to the top rope for another moonsault. Tony Storm gets the knees up, and uh, my God, Io Shirai bounces back so far from when she hits those knees. Oh yeah, and so then that sets up Tony for another Storm Zero. She gets it. One, two, three. Your second ever May Young Classic tournament champion, and. Uh, uh, she's emotional. Io's emotional. Uh, Stephanie and Trips are handing out flowers. Tony Storm holds that big cup in her hand. It's just a beautiful sight all around. Especially when they had like they did the old school ref holds both competitors' hands and then raises the winner's hand in victory. Uh, yeah. Like that. so, it, it felt very traditional in a uh, in a way because like that's what they've been doing with all the tournaments mm-hmm. uh, specials that they've had on the network. Um, and yeah, just I feel like I'm not doing this match justice with my description. But then again, I'm tired. So uh, if the, if I'm forgetting anything, please fill the audience in. I just want to say that the match starts out, and it's pretty much a technical style match. It starts off real slow, and then as the match progresses, 
then you know it all right it's grapple for grapple and then Shirai goes and does the moonsault on the outside and then of course whatever we talked about before but i like how the match starts off kind of with grapple and grapple and then as the match goes along it has this great build up to the the finale of it you know the knees up and then the storm zero this but um after the storm zero of course she's the win and this is probably my favorite match of the night because you have just the whole the whole idea of it's the finals these two really want them want the win of course and then of course at the end the respect between the two competitors the whole uh build up the uh pageantry of the whole tournament everything just works out so perfectly for me so that this is probably my match tonight uh i would love to agree with you but i think there are some better matches still to come in our discussion and by the way sorry for my landline by the way folks i still have a landline uh you remember those you remember what those are <laughs> uh but all right anyway, so yeah yeah next we have uh natalia bailey and sasha banks taking on the riot squad Liv morgan ruby Riot, and sarah logan i want to point out i love the riot squad's horror themed costumes yes 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 it, it uh, granted this this pay-per-view happened on sunday halloween was this past wednesday so yeah. uh, they were getting us in the zone for Liv halloween live was pennywise ruby was jigsaw and sarah was uh leatherface Le yes leatherface you had to tell me who she was because i didn't recognize the apron uh <laughs> But yeah, uh, they were having some fun with their entrance, and then of course we get the Boston hug connection and Natalia, and <laughs> I, I like it. But uh, <laughs> uh, to each their own. Um, this match for a six-person tag match, this match was really good, uh, and I, I'm, you know, I I've, I know there are a lot of people who feel like Sasha Banks and Bailey could have been used in a better way on this card. But at the same time, I'm happy with what we got. Uh, so, like, I'm not going to complain because it may be a six-woman tag, but it's a great six-woman tag. Uh, eh, great. <laughs> I'm uh, again. I'm I'm a positive guy. I'm going to be positive because, like, I really in I really had fun with this match. I, I really did. Um, uh, and uh, Granted, why is it all, that all the matches I really enjoy, I tend to forget a lot of what happened? Wow. <laughs> oh, God, my mind works in weird ways. There was um, one by Sasha where she attempted to go for the uh, uh, like over-the-top rope dive and I guess just miscalculated it and just like flopped down over the rope. Oh, yeah, I, rem I remember. Uh, like, the whole, like, all three Riot Squad members had to, like, come closer to grab her. And it, it, and in defense of the Riot Squad, they did recover nicely when they when they caught her, so, uh, sort of caught her, and then threw I mean, her the into... The idea of that was Sasha was going to try to dive on all three of them. She was going to hit the dive, and then they were going to catch her and then do it. Yeah, so so they they recovered nicely when they threw her into that barricade uh, off the counter. Um, 
and the there were a lot of um, false finishes in this match uh, like uh, that I think surprised a lot of people because there were so many points in time where you thought, oh, this match is over. Oh, it's still going. Oh, this match is over. Oh, it's still going. And then that's set up for that perfect ending of where Natty does the powerbomb and tribute to her dad. Then Bailey does the Macho Man elbow. And then Sasha finishes it off with a tribute to Eddie, the, fro the, the frog splash at one, two, three. Uh, now, you're a little upset because you feel like this would have been a perfect opportunity to help push the Riot Squad. But at the same time, I kind of still feel like the Riot Squad are a bit Teflon. I feel, I feel, like, they, I feel like their moment is going to come and, uh, you know, they may be taking the abuse now, but I feel like it's going to pay off in the long run. To me, this was kind of a nothing match. Um, it, this is the match more than the Battle Royal, it seems like. Let's just get... Six women in the match. Let's put them together. It was an okay match, but I would have much rather seen them go with the Bailey sasha feud. And then on this card, you have you have that Charlotte and Becky feud. And then right up under it, you have Sasha versus Bailey. Both of those would have been better matches with each other. Kind of like the opposite of Raw and SmackDown. And then, of course, you have the four horsewomen kind of breaking apart. And if it were me, I would have gone with uh, the introduction of the women's tag titles. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but, you know, unfortunately we're not in charge of the booking. Yeah. So uh, like you I mean, had what, and uh, granted, if things had happened the way you wanted them to, I would have been happy too. So long as they stayed, so long as the, they, they still stayed friends and it was just about respect and whatnot. Uh, uh, Cause like, I'm happy that they kind of cut the, the we're no longer best friends angle when they did. And uh, I, again, I'm a fan of the boss and hug connection. That's why I want the women's tag team titles because I want there to be a payoff for the fact that they stopped mm -hmm. that we hate each other business when they did. Um, but see to me, it kind of like they cut it off right when it was starting to get good because Bailey had just assaulted Sasha. We were going to see kind of a more darker side of Bailey, the side that a lot of us wanted to see that aggression of Bailey. And then they just cut it from the legs after we had that great moment. True, true. But, you know, it, it still felt like a little bit of real life to me because, you know, friends are going to fight from time to time. And you yeah, know the, they had a they had a very they had a very big low point, and then they cried it out. They said what they needed to say, and then they made up. And to me, that that kind of felt better than uh, that. That was an okay way to put the kibosh on everything. I've never had a friend like elbow me in the face and then hit me with chairs and then throw me into the the steel steps, and we'll still be okay. Everyone's friendship is different. Uh, all right, let's let's move along to. Okay, so next is the NXT Women's Championship, as the champion Kyrie Sane defends her title against Shayna Baszler. This was a really great match. That I I feel the ending was a little weird to have an NXT match. And then kind of a screwy finish, but I see why they did it. Uh, yeah, yeah. They 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 decided to put the belt back on Shayna because and they did so with the help of 
Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir. Um, the remaining oh. two, the remaining two four horsewomen of NXT. I um, mean, of, of MMA. Excuse me. What? They had a NXT UK Women's Championship dark match on this card. Yeah, still haven't seen it because it was the dark match. So it'll probably be a while before we ever get to talk about that. Hey, NXT UK, keep pu- keep pushing those episodes so we can get to the tournament and you don't sorry, look stupid. I, uh, sorry, I, I interrupted you. I just thought that was interesting to know. It was Rhea Ripley taking on Dakota Kai. So... We're going to see that match probably in a few weeks uh, uh, when, once they finally get the tournament posted on the network. But anyway, 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 getting back to the actual discussion at hand, they put the belt back on Shayna Baszler, and they did so with the help of Marina, Sha- Marina Shafir and Jessamine Duke, the other two members of the Four Horsewomen of MMA. And they did so mostly to uh, because – you know, Shayna has established herself as uh, a badass in NXT. Meanwhile, Jessamine Duke, Marina Shafir, they still need that. Uh, they still need some help getting over. So Shayna Baszler sort of leading them uh, into greener pastures in the future uh, is the better move long term. Um, Kyrie Sane, she she's going to be just fine. Uh, and I feel like this rivalry is definitely not over between her and Shayna Baszler, but in terms of like the actual match, I love how it started off because you have Kyrie saying she's doing her uh, typical happy pirate uh, uh, pageantry, and then once she gets into the ring with Shayna, it's all business. Uh, like she she hits that switch and she just gets into this, into the same zone of toughness mm-hmm. that Shayna Baszler does, and um, she she was not backing down whatsoever. Um. Obviously, Shayna went for the arm um, because that's what she likes to do. She she's a total masochist when it comes to people's um, arms. Yeah. But, that jumping on the arm with the elbow is high up. Oh yeah, brutal, oh. brutal, brutal. Um, which is a little weird though. Now that I think about it, because like she goes for the arm, but her finish is a rear naked choke. Uh, but but then again, it's probably just because she's like. She wants to break down the limbs so the opponent can't defend themselves as, as yeah. well. So that, that's probably another way of thinking about it. Um, say, you say some stuff because I'm stumbling again. Um, again, this match was really good. Um, of course, you had, as I think I brought up, Shayna really going after the injured arm of Kyrie, the same one that she injured in this match. Kyrie comes back with, you know, great shots and a great scene of them just standing right in the middle of the ring. And Kyrie is taking the forearms and asking for more and then just screams at the top of her lungs and they just start trading back and forth. Kind of reminded me of like a New Japan match where they just like stand in the middle of the ring and just trade forearms back and forth with each other. And then one gets so intense and they just keep going. Uh, uh, Kyrie hits a diving cross body on the outside onto Shayna. Um, then Kyrie takes Shayna and throws her into Jessamine and Marina. Yeah, Marina. And then <clears throat> that's when I think wasn't it um, Jessamine who gets up first, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Up first. 
Yeah, she, I think I think it was Jessamine who got up first, and she she grabbed her, and, and then, and then uh, Kyrie hits her off, and then Maria, Marina, sorry, uh, she hits Kyrie with a, a was it a kick? Um, might have been. I'll need to recheck, but yeah, I I think it was a kick to the face, which then stumbles Kyrie back into the rear naked choke. And Kyrie tries to fight it, which I actually love this attempt because Kyrie starts fading. She fights it back again. And then at the end of the day, she ends up, her body ends up giving out on her. And Shayna retain, or regains the championship. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I think in one of our previous reviews, we had talked about, um, uh, we had never, I had never seen someone do like the go to sleep and then come back on the count of three thing mm -hmm. twice in a, in a row. Uh, I, I can't remember what match that was specifically. Um, but, uh, you know, we, 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 saw Kyrie really fight to stay conscious. Uh, she, she was in that choke for a long time and unfortunately, and you could even tell by look on the ref's face, she was like so sad that she had to, uh, mm -hmm. call uh, that she had to call a close to the match. Um, but again, like Shayna Baszler, she was already dangerous before. And now she has a numbers game. She has something she yeah. didn't have. She, she has something she didn't have before when she started in NXT and that's friends who are willing to help her. And the reason why she didn't have any friends is because she pretty much beat everyone else up who could have been her friend. Uh, so yeah. Um, I, I can't wait to see how, what the next layer of this rivalry will be, will be because as, as we mentioned on the uh, watch along on multiplex, mm -hmm. they've done a good job spreading the matches out between mm -hmm. these, between these two in this particular feud. I mean, they first fought in the May Young classic finals of the first May Young classic. Then they fought a takeover and then they fought here. So that's three matches. Well, uh, they had four matches. They had one on NXT TV when, when, in which in which Shayna won her her victory back. Okay, so the score is uh, 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 is um, two apiece then. Yes, now oh. two apiece. Okay, so if they've all been standard matches, then there needs to be like some sort of stipulation for match number five. Mm -hmm. uh, I I would assume maybe like. Um, uh, or something. possibly a lumberjack match, uh, uh with like, uh, cause like, I know they're like Io Shirai now has backup of her own, uh, uh, uh like who, uh, like, um, uh, not, excuse me, Kyrie saying like, Io Shirai is now there. And, um, there was another, uh, Japanese, uh, female, um, who I think she's been friends with. So I, I, I feel like that, that there's a potential for a three on three mm -hmm. uh, match uh, or so both have backup. Now I think I'm rambling. I'm, I'm not on like a game today, uh, but <laughs> it's, okay, it's okay. I would rather see them do a steel cage match, kind of keeping all obstacles out of the way and just let them go at it. Maybe at a takeover. <clears throat> Uh, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of steel cage matches. And the reason why is because of the escape the cage stipulation and the fact that people will still fight in the cage and then they'll just slowly either go out the door or 
Like I have to suspend I have to suspend my disbelief a little too hard when you it comes to no escape rules. Just make it pinfall submission and have the cage as a way to keep the two competitors in the ring and everybody out. Then there would I, I feel like you would need to have a top on the cage because as we see in every other steel cage match, somebody ends up climbing to the top. Uh, yeah. So so if you truly want to keep everyone else out, you either make it a hell in the cell match or you put a top on that cage. And granted, I don't uh, like neither Shayna. Well, actually, now that I think about it, you can't do that because Kyrie Sane doing her top rope elbow from the top of the cage. Like if you put a top on the cage, then you can't do that spot. So, yeah. damn it. Uh, all right, it looks like I'm gonna have to suspend my disbelief if they go the steel yeah. cage route. All right, so let's move on to what should have been the main event, which is the SmackDown Women's Championships on the line. Is the champion Becky Lynch defends her title against Charlotte Flair in a last woman standing match? There's so much to pick apart here. I don't even know where to begin. Let's start from the beginning, which was kind of a non-weapon kind of technical match. And then, of course, Lynch is the first one to bring in a weapon with the kendo stick. And she just whoops the shit out of Charlotte with those. And then... We go into the the bring the chair spot. Oh, uh, yeah. And as I predicted, the crowd immediately started chanting ECW uh, as they kept throwing in the chairs. And I'm like, did they just fill the ring or, or, or uh, did they fill the entire underneath section of the ring with chairs the just chair. so they could throw as many as humanly possible into the ring that during that match? Amazing. Like, it's like, Oh, you think they're out of chairs? Nope. Here's another one. Here's, here's another more. one. Here's, here's more. Another. It, it was perfect. It was perfect. And then immediately after they got all the chairs out, they started pulling tables too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like they and were. The ladders had to come in. The the what came in? The ladder had to come in as well. Oh yeah, they they were basically setting up for as much carnage as possible mm-hmm. in future portions of this match. Uh, uh, so uh, obviously, already, this match is off to a great start because they're doing that uh, old school booking where they'll bring out the weapons and then they'll kind of ignore them for a little bit and then bring them back into the fold uh, uh, later on in the match, and uh, and that makes the impact that much more uh, impressive. We got to talk about that that figure eight in the ladder. Oh God! Now you stood up to go get some food for a second when when that happened, and then you came back, and the first thing you see is Becky Lynch tied up in the ladder. In a ladder, I was like, "What the hell happened?" And, and like when I when I first saw Charlotte like bringing the ladder over, I'm like, "Oh God, she's gonna put her legs through the ladder. I, <laughs> I, this is gonna hurt like hell." Uh, and it, it 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 was so. This spot was just brilliant. It, it was, I loved it so much. Uh, and, you know, you can see Becky writhing in pain, um, and she's trying to reach for one of the chairs. Again, this is a, the second spot of the night where positioning was, was a bit of an issue because the ref had to, like, kick one uh, – had to kick one of the chairs toward Becky. Over. Yeah, he, he had to kick one of the chairs over for Becky to pick up. Um, but 
I did see a meme so, uh, somewhere where like the ref basically helped Becky twice in this match. So, uh, so he's like, this ref is our hero. Uh, uh, yeah. that, that was, that was the meme. Uh, but anyway, anyway, so she gets a hold of the chair with the help of the ref uh, and she, she hits Charlotte with it and she's able to get out of the ladder and escape. Uh, and the way she was selling the knee injury, uh, like where she would just like, she was leaning on the side of her foot when she was outside of the ring. That's just, uh, little details. The little details matter. And she really emphasized it there. Um, so then we, I believe they were fighting near the steel stairs after well, I, that. Before we get there, before the ladder spot, uh, Becky attempted a back exploder on the chair reversed by Charlotte into a belly back suplex on the chair, which Holy shit, Becky's Becky landed head first on those chairs, on the pile of chairs in the middle of the ring. And yeah, I I think it also hurt Charlotte, unless I'm thinking of a different particular spot because th th there was one spot where Charlotte uh, goes back first on on something metal and she and the look on her face is just like one of pure pain. Uh, and then before a spot before the the latter spot, I believe is Charlotte has a table, puts Becky on it, attempts the uh, moonsault. Table does not break. So instead she tries it again, and this time she goes for the swanton bomb because Jeff Hardy has apparently better luck with breaking people through tables than the moonsault does. And not sure that he doesn't. <laughs> well, that table was just stubborn as hell. Uh, <laughs> but, but anyway, anyway Char Charlotte hits the swanton bomb. Uh, goes through the table, and as soon as you, sh as soon as she sits up, like she she just starts making tons of noises and uncomfortable faces. Uh, mm -hmm. Like you, you you can tell she's fighting through a lot of pain here. He's like Jeff, how have you done this for so many years? And he's like uh, painkillers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, lots and lots uh, of painkillers. Uh, for the record, I'm hearing an echo on your end. Are you? Yeah. Is it any better? Testing. Testing, Testing. one I think we're good. All right, go ahead. Um, so she goes for the swanton, goes to the table. I think I've said that like three times already. Mm -hmm. So um, pick up where I'm leaving off. So then right after that, we have the ladder spot. And then we have uh, Becky and Charlotte fighting towards the – Towards the stairs where the um, announce tables are, Becky gets thrown into there. And then Becky starts fighting Charlotte, puts Charlotte on the announce table. I think it's the Spanish announce table. And then climbs the ladder and does a diving leg drop onto Charlotte. It actually might have been the German announce table. Whichever one it was. It wasn't the American one. That's all I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, they yeah Becky does put Charlotte through the table with that leg drop, and then she starts burying Charlotte in tons of furniture because, as I predicted, that seems to be a recurring theme in a lot of last person standing matches these days. Is you got to bury someone in furniture because ugh. I but, love Becky's face after Charlotte gets up at nine. She looks like she has seen a freaking ghost. And rightfully so, because Charlotte's face 
at the same time she popped out of all that furniture was one of determination. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so like Becky had every reason to be afraid. Becky was scared. <laughs> because it was like, this is the monster you created and now the monster is just rising mm -hmm. from, from the ground that, uh, that you buried her under. Um, so then, uh, I believe after this, Charlotte gets the uh, kendo stick and just starts whacking Becky with it with the most cringeworthy smacks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember that now. Uh, uh, Becky was just like tensing up so much from every time the kendo stick would hit her. Uh, so, I watched the watch line for that one. Was that? I said, uh, so was I. I had my. My whole body was tense at, at those shots. Candlesticks hurt. <laughs> That's the moral of that story right there. Yeah. Um, so and then of course more fighting, and then we get to the ending, which is kind of a jackknife powerbomb from the top of the ring through another table. Becky Lynch hits like a jackknife powerbomb. Do you remember what Becky did to counter? the kendo stick attacks that led to her putting Charlotte on, on the table. I can't remember right now. Huh? Well, okay. Yeah. You, you, you are right though. Uh, uh, they, they did somehow find their way back onto the apron. Uh, and yeah, Becky gets Charlotte into the jackknife power bomb sensors straight through the table that uh, Charlotte had set up early it's on in the match. Perfectly. Yeah. It breaks perfectly. And, Charlotte is in Charlotte. She almost gets up at the count of 10, but falls back down. Becky Lynch is still your SmackDown women's champion. Rightfully so. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This was your favorite match of the night, right? Absolutely. And right. And it, it, I, 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 I would be amazed if it wasn't everyone else's. I mean, you gave me your reasons for why you thought the Mae Young classic match mm -hmm. uh, was match of the night. Second favorite match of the night, by the way. But it, it like if this match wasn't number one or number two on your list of matches from that night, mm -hmm. I will be incredibly shocked uh, because it it delivered in every way possible. Yep, especially with storytelling. There was a lot of storytelling in this match, which most last man standing matches usually just go for the violence. This one had a good mix of violence with the storytelling aspects. All that storyline thread all the way through the match. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, um, you know, with survivor series coming up, there's now a few weeks in between this and TLC where they can build up another potential contender to Becky's title. So it'll be interesting to see what the writers for SmackDown decide to do next. Yep. And of course we know at survivor series, it will be the Raw and SmackDown Women's Champions going against each other, which leads us into our main event for the Raw Women's Championship as Ronda Rousey defends her championship against Nikki Bella. So I, I've heard your complaints as to you didn't, you weren't satisfied that this was the closing match. Uh, at the same time, I understand why they did it. Ronda Rousey, she's obviously a gigantic name from her time in the UFC. She was basically the first. She was basically the first lady of the UFC for uh, for many years. Uh, and Nikki Bella, 
she picked up where AJ Lee left off as sort of the face of women's wrestling uh, uh, in terms of like mainstream WWE status um, for, from this year to that year. Uh, so like it was basically two big names to close out the show. It was like Rock and Cena, but ladies uh, it, it is the best way I can describe it. Like that, that level of celebrity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way the match went, it was basically Ronda having her way with Nikki until Brie interfered. And she interfered a lot. Like anytime Nikki slowly lost momentum, Brie was right back there to pick it up. That's kind uh, of the problem I had with this match, though, is I feel like there was a little too much outside interference from Brie Bella. But it, ju- it justifies the match going on for as long mm-hmm. as it did. Uh, and, you know, they, they ended it in the right way with ronda basically attacking both of them successfully like even getting them both in that spinning samoan drop uh where brie i think went face first into the ring canvas uh uh, which was which is nasty um uh and you know as we all expected the finishes with the arm bar um and nikki taps ronda retains and they close out the show with this embrace of all the women minus the Bellas because they're backstage. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, everyone on the stage celebrating. Hey, we just did this. And like right before the, the end credit and the fade to black, we see Rhonda and Becky click their belts together. And then we find out that later on they had a backstage interview mm-hmm. segment and they're just like, Hey champ, how you doing champ? Oh, I'm good champ. I'll see champ you. Champ yeah, Champ's Lunch. I'll see you at Survivor Series, Champ. And so there we have it. The first official match announced for Survivor Series. Uh, champion versus champion. Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch. Uh, and, you know, I when we were watching Crown Jewel, I know I said Ronda's very likely going to win this. Although I wouldn't be surprised if Becky somehow stole one out because she is that popular. Uh, and that, if I'm being honest, even if Becky does lose if it's kind of like a Lesnar AJ last year type match where Becky comes this close to beating Ronda and she loses somehow, you know, that would be okay to me because at least it shows that she's a champion for a reason. Absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, all in all, I loved this pay-per-view. Um mm-hmm. I, I should probably go watch it again at some point because uh, um, wow, I have bad short-term memory because uh, <laughs> I, I, I shouldn't be forgetting this many spots. Uh, but yeah, I I enjoyed it very much, and you know I look forward to next year uh, because what would you I, give it as a letter grade. I believe I gave it an A plus on uh, the watch along on Multiplex. I'm sticking with it. I'm keeping it as an A plus. It, like, it had so much going against it in terms of the lack of marketing, and yet it delivered in every way possible and more. And uh, with next, uh, uh, when they get to this point next year, they're going to have – hopefully the marketing team will have learned from their mistakes. They're going to plug – they're going to hype it more, and uh, th- uh, they'll get all of the titles yes. on, uh, on the line for us to see. Yes, yes, yes. Uh and also, hopefully, we'll have tag team titles mm-hmm. next next time around, because um, like they they it's been rumored for months 
they have to pull the trigger at some point. Granted, though, there was also a rumor of a cruiserweight tag team division, and that never happened. Eh. Yeah, it, plans change. Uh, 205 Live was kind of dipping in the ratings at the time. I, I think they found uh, a, a home for 205 Live now on Wednesday nights. So uh, mm-hmm. maybe maybe the ratings will go back up and maybe Wait, they'll, they'll... Holy shit, I just realized Wednesday night is packed. You've got 205 Live, NXT, and then the UK show. Yeah, and when that's not going on, you had the May Young Classic. So uh, uh, yeah. like they, they, they've stacked Wednesday up to be the... Go to night for the WWE network, and it seems like Wednesday nights for the WWE network is more like like indie type shows. So, you, like you have like NXT, NXT UK, and then of course Two Hundred Five Live. You know, seems but, like that's more of their like indie type shows. Well, that that those that's because those are more so the shows where Vince has less of the control than he does on Raw. Uh, uh, so again, people get to do their thing uh, with um, more cohesion, and that's probably why the show worked mm-hmm. so well. Is because uh, like it, it felt like an uh, an NXT show or an indie show in which everyone ha- in which everyone had a point a uh, point A and directions on how to get to point mm-hmm. B and C and D, and uh, and uh, like it, it flowed so well. It, it everything was good. Yeah, and that's kind of. You can see Triple H's fingerprints all over this thing. And I if I was to say, I would probably say that Vince gave Triple H more control over this card to see how he does. And he blew us all away, if that's the case. Uh, he did. He did. Now, I, now that I think about it, though, NXT doesn't get a lot of marketing either. Into, uh, from the main roster, so maybe that's another reason why Evolution worked so well because it uh, it had NXT like booking, but it also had NXT like promotion of like they they did a little, but the little that they did was so effective. But also uh, like whenever take takeovers come around, you always hear about the takeovers because they have a, they have a reputation because takeovers have a reputation from so many successful shows. Uh, so like all you have to hear is the word takeover and you're like when where why and how uh, and which holy shit i cannot wait for war games it's going to be fun it's going to be fun but before we get to war games we got to get to crown well, jewel i got to give my rating real quick go for it <laughs> um i'm going to give this an a um the six woman tag team match i didn't really care about um and there was you know, a few botches here and there, but uh, like overall, the rest of the matches were from great to fantastic. Um, you know, Shirai versus Storm, the NXT uh, championship match, the Raw and SmackDown title matches were all great. Um, the six the six man tag team match I didn't really care about. That's why I'm giving it an A instead of an A plus. That's just me, but overall, this was a great show. Now let's get to a show that uh, is the opposite of great. Yeah, so today, the day we're recording this, we had Crown Jewel. And, you know, uh, the one of the big differences 
besides the fact that there were there was an all women's card here and then there, there's an all men's oh, card yeah. here um the big difference again was promotion uh and they were promoting crown jewel i don't know why a lot even after the uh saudi arabia controversies uh surrounding the event they were still hyping this event a lot on the main network and um you know that that so in term from my standpoint uh low low promotion um low expectations so uh, when evolution happened it surpassed all your expectations because the lack of promotion kind of set your expectations a little lower than they probably should have been. Whereas they promoted crown jewel so much that it sets your expectations to be very high. Like if you're promoting it this much, then you, then you expect a lot. And unfortunately the WWE found a way to step on its own toes yet again. And it started off from the very start too. Yeah, so the the pay per view started off the with, host of Crown Jewel, ladies and gentlemen, Mister Racist Sex Tape himself, Hulk Hogan is back, mm-hmm. and you you know he was announced as the host at the beginning of the show, and he gives a nice little promo to get the crowd hyped up, and the crowd actually loved him for whatever reason, um, but because it, it's Saudi Arabia, they don't know a lot about what he's done. Fair enough. Character. Fair enough. Fair enough. But strangely enough, he had very little to do with the actual card despite being the host. He was just there for like three minutes and then was like, okay, have a good night. Um, Three minutes. WWE had the worst idea, the two worst ideas come together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But so they. So they have Orange Man come come in. He, man. he, he says his stuff. He and, goes he goes and out and then man. What? I said Orange Man and not that Orange Man. <laughs> um, anyway, getting serious again. So we start off with the first match of the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, and w- one thing I liked is because I, I like to do this a lot with my introductions for uh, trivia matches is the announcer listed all of the past accomplishments of the wrestlers that were in the World Cup for round one. Um, so Rey Mysterio, Triple Crown champion, WWE and World Champion, um, a Royal Rumble winner, taking on Randy Orton, who is a multi-time World Champion, um, a Grand Slam champion as well, um, and. <clears throat> This match was an okay way to start off. I'm a little confused as to why they chose to end it with a roll-up, but then again, I guess it was so. It, but then again, it was so like Randy Orton wouldn't be so out of it that he could still like RKO Randy yeah. Mysterio from behind. And I actually didn't mind the roll-up pin because again, it is so out of nowhere. It didn't end on a typical finisher or whatever. You know, it ended with Orton attempting an RKO and Ray just outsmarting him, using his speed against him. True, true. It's just like first match we're starting off with a roll up, so it's mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's a little surprising. Um, but 
Yeah, Rey Mysterio gets the victory. I don't think any of them hit their finishers actually during the match. Um, well, no, I, I think Orton hit a 619, didn't he? Orton can't hit a 619. Oh, no. I mean, Mysterio. <laughs> if, he, if he did, I missed it. Um, no, 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 he didn't. He attempted a 619. Okay, he attempted it. Nobody got their finisher during the actual match, but after the match, Randy is so pissed. Uh, that he got rolled up like that, that he just RKO's Ray and then sits up and just starts um, snarling and, and um, foaming at the mouth. Uh, we were, so for people at home, we were uh, messaging over Facebook this entire card, and you messaged me after um, after Ray won and Ray hit the RKO. You were like, Wow, roll up. Ha ha ha. Or with the RKO. Yeah, yeah, because like it like it was just like again, it was surprising to me that these two things happened. Uh, so like I was kind of hoping that they wouldn't do the typical heel jumps the baby face from behind and makes it harder yeah. for them in the next round of the tournament thing because I've seen it a lot. Uh so I was hoping they they'd go a different route, but they didn't. Uh, so Rey Mysterio is coming into the next round of the tournament injured. He'll either be facing Jeff Hardy or The Miz. So, yes, we get to this next match. It's Jeff Hardy, multi-time world champion, um, multiple-time tag team champion, two-time Grand, yeah, uh, Grand Slam champion, twice both the original version and the newer version. With mm -hmm. the, and he was taking on The Miz. Who's a Grand Slam champion in his own right, a former WWE champion, uh, eight-time Intercontinental champion. That's a big deal for him. Champion. Uh, yes, U.S. champion. And um, I honestly don't remember a single thing that happened in this match. I think I was on my phone for a good portion of it. Uh, I don't remember that much either. The only thing I remember is the ending, which was um, – Jeff attempting an RKO, which was reversed by Miz into the Skull Crush finale for the victory. Not RKO, a twist of fate. Did I say RKO? Yes, you said RKO. <laughs> um, okay, so that's basically the finish. Miz moves on to the next round uh, of the tournament, and he'll be facing Rey Mysterio. So that's the SmackDown side of the bracket. Mm -hmm. we, we then move on to the first <laughs> Raw match which is uh, Seth Rollins, the current Intercontinental Champion, and supposedly still the current half of the tag team champions on Raw. How is that going to work? Uh, yeah, I think they're getting ready to officially strip him of the title mm -hmm. uh, because obviously the tag team can't work together right now. Yeah. Uh, but, you, you know, they – like they haven't crowned anyone yet, so they're just like, ah, oh, it's another notch in his cap uh, for the yeah. announcement. So we'll just keep it on him for now. But interestingly enough, the lower third graphic just said Intercontinental Champion. It didn't say Tag Team Champion yeah. as well. So like they, they're definitely getting – and he's not coming out with the Tag Team title. So the, uh, it, it, it's very likely they're, they're going to have him and Dean just like drop the titles without a match. And uh, some new guys will pick it up in time to lose to the bar at Survivor Series. Um, but – Anyway, he took on Bobby Lashley, former ECW and United States champion, uh, with Leo Rush in his corner. And basically, the 
the my best summary of this match is imagine if you were having the best 5k of your life and then right before you get to the finish line you slip on the world's worst banana peel and, <laughs> and knocked yourself out on the concrete just an inch away from the finish line that's basically what happened here with bobby lashley he was dominating this match and then seth rollins yep. jumps out of the way for bobby lashley to hit his head off of the ring post and then and, and then gets curb stomped one two three like that's literally what happened <laughs> yes i mean the match itself was pretty good though i like big guy versus kind of smaller guy even though rollins is not a small guy by any means but the fact that rollins had to like use his speed and just lashley's speed was just as fast as rollins was kind of scary well that's because uh lashley is a brick shit house of a man mm -hmm. uh like he, first off, he trains in Colorado. He uh, uh, he's an American top team Colorado guy. The so, like, level isn't crazy up there. Yeah, he he's used to exerting himself with his big big gigantic muscles and just making his cardio that much better. So that's why he's able to explode the way he can mm -hmm. and last as long as he can. Uh, uh, and that's why he was able to have so many classic matches when he was TNA Heavyweight Champion was because of the fact yeah. that mm -hmm. he was in like the best phenomenal shape at that time uh, and still is and still mm -hmm. is. But again, it was Rollins' night to shine here. Uh, at least in not the only one thinking that. Lashley was going to win the whole tournament considering Hogan was the host. You see, I, I, I understand what you were thinking there because there were rumors a few months ago that at Survivor Series, Bobby Lashley was going to get the win over Roman Reigns and then challenge Brock for the title. And he was going to beat Brock for the title and Hogan was going to be the one to put him on, uh, to put the universal title on Lashley so that uh, they could be like, Hey, look, Hogan doesn't hate black people. Uh, and But then that rumor got abandoned. And so like when Hulk Hogan pops up as the host of this particular show, that sort of thinking came back in your mind. Me, I was under the impression we were going to get Seth Rollins versus Kurt Angle. In, Which that would have been amazing. In the quarterfinals, because that's one thing we haven't seen yet. We were going to see Dolph versus Kurt in the first round, and we've already seen uh, Kurt versus Lashley. Uh, in uh, TNA and elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, here's a new matchup for us. Kurt Angle versus Seth Rollins. We got the Seth Rollins part of the equation. <laughs> we did not get the Kurt Angle part of the equation. Speaking of that, the next match is Kurt Angle versus Dolph Ziggler, which I thought was actually probably the best match of the night. Uh, In-ring-wise. In again, this this card did not really do much to fully grasp me uh, uh, as much as Evolution did. So, like, again, I, I feel like there were a lot of times where I was just on my phone just chilling. Like, like I remember when Independence Day uh, Resurgence came out and I had just heard stories of people uh, being alone in the movie theater, literally checking their phones as the movie was going on. Uh, because don't they get on your phone to the theater. I don't care how bad the movie is. I fucking hate that. Because they they were just that bored and like nothing else was happening in the in the in the theater. So I, that that's kind of just how I approach it. Like Kurt Angle versus Dolph Ziggler is on my computer screen, and yet I'm not really interested in what's going on. Uh, uh, so 
Yeah, it's weird because it seems like the finishes of the matches just, and it's been a thing all night, just ends. So, like, one, two, ends. The crowd is dead for almost the whole show, which, again, ruins the the home viewing experience because you want to hear the crowd. You want to be see the crowds invested. And the crowd was just sitting on their hands and knees. Like, they were not doing anything. Well, I, w- I wouldn't say that much. I mean, when Kurt Angle first walked out to the ring, like they were getting in on the you suck chance. So this is an educated crowd in terms of like they know their WWE uh, and they understand how big how big of a star Kurt Angle is. And I'm talking about like when the matches start, though. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so you, you, what I remember is Kurt Angle was getting a lot of. Uh, he was going after Ziggler's ankle a lot, mm-hmm. and there there were plenty of times where he like almost got it, almost got. It. I think he might have even got the ankle slam at one point. Uh, yep. I'm not. Um, yep. he, he hit uh three Germans, then he hits a angle slam, then he gets him in the ankle lock, which which the whole time I, I was just screaming, "Fall, Kurt! Just fall and lock it in fully." But he didn't. No. Ziggler rolled through, and I, I believe after that roll through, uh, or it could have just been a different spot, but Kurt Angle, again, he, like Lashley, he hits his head off of either the ring turnbuckle or, or the ring post. Ring post. Okay, the ring post. Into a zigzag by Ziggler. And one, two, three. And again, a dead crowd. They don't cheer. They don't boo. You hear spurts of like, Kind of booze, but like, well, here's the thing: the the arena is like half outside, uh, uh, so, uh because like it had it it's got this big dome with a hole in the middle. Yeah. So so like that creates an environment in which sound does not travel. Yeah, there. but that's not on the television screen. That doesn't project that much. Like WrestleManias, they have their their yearly thing at outdoor arenas, the roofs of the hole in the wall in the roof or whatever. But you can still hear the crowd being invested. You can still hear the crowd chanting and roaring and stuff like that. I didn't see anybody booing. I didn't see anybody cheering after this match. You see, I I, I feel like there were definitely people get getting involved in the match. Some it's just a matter of it's just a matter of if we couldn't hear them because like th- there were plenty of times where like they would turn on the entrance music for a particular wrestler and I couldn't hear the music that well. So I'm thinking like it was just a matter of like maybe the sound guys uh, weren't prepared for this particular arena. Uh, um, and, and that I'm like, I, I, cause I, I know during the main event, the crowd was really getting into it. Uh, and I am pretty sure they were also getting into it when uh, AJ and Joe were going at it. And for whatever reason, when they got to the finals of the World Cup, uh, they were really, really hyped <laughs> uh, for... Uh, which I'll have a lot to say about that when we get to that one. But anyway, we have our final four. We have Seth Rollins taking on Dolph Ziggler, and we have uh, Rey Mysterio taking on The Miz. So... Then we take a break from tournament action and we go to a match for the SmackDown tag team titles between the bar 
and the New Day. This is a match that I completely like drowned out. I mean, I love the New Day's entrance on like uh the magic the blue magic carpet from Aladdin. That took that entrance took so long because yeah. that was such a slow moving carpet, and I guess they were trying to make the most of the money they spent to uh, to do that entrance. Um, but I, I was just like, "Wow, this is kind of slow." Um, and I'm a New Day uh, fan through and through, so for for me to be kind of like bored with with that type of entrance, yeah. Um, uh, I'll never get used to seeing the big show with the bar. That's just like why? It it is an interesting pairing, uh, but again, Sandy Robinson kind of described it best. Like they they needed an equalizer for to fact to counteract the new day's three person dynamic. And who better than the big show? Who all he has to do is punch you it's once, fun. and 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 you're and you're done. Uh, so. Yeah, uh, you know I can't argue with the logic there, uh, and you, you know it's nice to see Big Show still being able to perform in the ring. I, um, again, I'm trying to find positives here, but yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you in that I couldn't get invested in this match, and I, I I don't even remember the reason why I wasn't paying attention to this match. Uh, and this is, it's not me being negative. It's just. Because I told you before my, the show started, I'm like, I'm going to take all the negativity and controversy that I know about this card and throw it out the window. I'm just try, I'm going to try to enjoy the event. This match, I was not invested in at all. Like, the, the only thing I remember is Big Show hitting a, which looked like he completely missed Big E, by the way. The knockout punch, he didn't even hit him. I, and for some reason, thought that connected, but... I don't think it did. Maybe it did, but... And then, of course, the broke kick for the victory, which was the exact same finish as Raw as SmackDown 1000. So, in other words, like, we, this match didn't make us... Just watch, just watch the SmackDown 1000 tag team match, if you want to see this match. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I believe we're getting back to the... World Cup now. Yep, so it's Miz taking on Rey Mysterio. I thought this match was actually pr- pretty good for what it was. I like Miz kind of taunting Rey in a way and like um, really just getting over as a as a heel. Again, my, my big thing is with the exception of maybe AJ and Joe, this card did not do much to keep me invested. Mm-hmm. So, like, th- there are really three matches I remember v- of super well, and this was not one of them. Like, not nothing. Like, w- with the exception of the finals, nothing that happened in this World Cup really mm-hmm. made really made me want to watch. Uh, so, like, I, I feel like I'm kind of useless in terms of this half of of this episode of our podcast because I'm like. I, I did not care about Crown Jewel as much as I did Evolution. I don't think anyone cared about Crown Jewel. The only thing I remember was I actually liked the dynamic of Miz and Mysterio and the fact that they kind of set this up on SmackDown last week with uh, Ray and uh, Ray being on Miz TV and all that stuff like that. So they kind of did set it up in a way. Um, 
And then, of course, Ray attempting the 619. He hits it. And then, um, oh, my God. Yeah, see, blocks of this match is just gone from my head. But all I know is uh, Ray hits the 619. And then, um, hold on. Four, yeah, and then in the end, Miz counters a splash from Mysterio into he gets his knees up when uh, Mysterio tips a frog splash, and then rolls up Mysterio for the victory. So another roll up finish then. Ugh. Yep, another roll up finish. Huh. <clears throat> All right, so there's your finalist on the SmackDown side is the Miz, and uh, one of the big stipulations. What is it? Well. One of the big stipulations going into this was that yeah. Shane McMahon had declared that if the SmackDown person loses, uh, then they are fired uh, because he, he wants to rep that blue pride as, as strong as possible, especially going into Survivor Series where momentum matters depending on what show you're on. So that's uh, so Miz is now the finalist. For SmackDown, if he loses, he will be fired from SmackDown. And now we figure out who's going to be the finalist on Raw. We have Dolph Ziggler taking on Seth Rollins. And for the record, any anytime these two are in the ring together, it's good. It's just, mm -hmm. again, this particular card, this particular environment, this particular time of day. Like, it, the, the, the card started at noon and ended at 4. So, uh, so like... Lunchtime is a very weird time to be focusing oh, on yeah. wrestling. But um, I, I, I mostly remember the ending. Um, actually, I, I, no, I don't. Here, you, you talk. <laughs> I, I've pretty much given up on this card. So a, a few high spots of Rollins versus Ziggler. Rollins performs a suicide dive on Ziggler. Ziggler then performs a famous sir on Rollins for a near fall. Ziggler then counters a Falcon Arrow into a zigzag, which was a really cool sequence. The end, Rollins attempted to splash on Ziggler. McIntyre pushed Rollins, and Ziggler performed a super kick to win the match and advance to the finals. So we have a rematch from several years ago. Um, Dolph Ziggler versus The Miz. These two were feuding over the Intercontinental Championship for a good portion of the restart of the brand split. Uh, and uh, at one point, it was even coincidentally, um, if Dolph Ziggler had lost the rivalry at that time, he was fired. He mm -hmm. he would his career would be over. Um, uh, so now we're kind of in, in in this interesting mirror position uh, where if Miz loses this particular match, he's fired. But we'll get to that later on because now we get into the title matches. And we have, first, AJ Styles taking on Samoa Joe. Um, I thought this was a really great match. It was, and it just shows that AJ Styles and Samoa Joe, they have a special magic together mm -hmm. uh, that, that's been built off of, like, maybe one or one to two decades worth of just working with each other, harnessing their craft all over the world. Mm -hmm. And... Um, <laughs> Like if I could find one gripe with this match, is it's that this was a continuation of the feud from Super from Super Showdown. So I'm like, what is the next stipulation that you can add to this rivalry? 
Uh, uh, but yeah. but but they just kept it a simple match, and it and it, it worked. It worked because like they had to do it on short notice because Daniel Bryan didn't want to work in Saudi Arabia. Uh, Yes, neither did Cena. Um, so we get a standard match, but you know, again, these two put on magic as For usual. Match, it was probably the best standard match of the night. Yeah, yeah. You had uh, AJ attempting to chop down Joe's knees and his legs, kind of focusing heavy on the legs to hit the um, the calf crusher or calf killer, whichever one you want to call it. Which is good uh, storytelling because, as, mm-hmm. as we remember, Joe hurt his knee at Super Showdown, and yeah. then Je- and then Jeff Hardy capitalized it on uh, capitalized on that the following Tuesday to qualify for the World Cup, uh, uh, and we haven't seen Joe since because yeah. of, of knee issues. So that was good storytelling in terms of long term stuff. Joe hit a suicide dive on AJ. That was just a suicide dive forearm. That knocked AJ headfirst into the um, <laughs> uh, headfirst into the um, fell down table, which the sound of, of AJ's head bouncing off the announce table with that thud. I do remember that thud, and it was uh, it it was big, just thump right and on there. The match, the match like- ended. Like I huh? think even I think even Corey Graves said that AJ's head hitting the the table split a monitor in half. <laughs> was it that one? Yeah, like I, I like I, we didn't actually see the monitor break, but from what Corey Graves has said yeah. on on commentary, like AJ Styles, his head hitting the table broke one of the monitors. So yeah, if that did happen, I would very much like to see a photo of that monitor. Oh, definitely. And um, so the match ends with AJ hitting the phenomenal forearm for the victory. AJ is now at 360 days in his title run. And which means that come this time Wednesday, I believe, he will have officially been champion for a full year. Um, My whole theory is that they're trying to get AJ to – Break CM Punk's one year uh, single title reign record. Um, either that or they're just trying to erase Brock's terrible title reign with the Universal Title for the for the first time, where he held it for five hundred days plus, but never did anything with it. So, which like, we will see. Which uh, great transition into yeah. one of the most disappointing matches of the night. Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman for the Universal title. Okay, so the first thing I I said to you when this match was about to start was, uh, how long do you think this match lasts? I give it eight minutes. And I I don't know if he actually gave me an answer because right at that time, out comes Baron Corbin – he just blindsides uh, uh, Braun Strowman with it. This is two minutes and 35 seconds. Really? Yes. Wow. Okay. So basically before the bell even rings, Baron Corbin wanting to get some revenge wow. from, from Monday, he uh, hits Braun Strowman in the back of the head with the universal title belt. And from then on, Brock Lesnar basically He hits- squashes Braun. 
Okay, so in in fairness, I, I wouldn't call it a, a, a I wouldn't call it a squash match in the usual sense because again, the the only moves that Brock Lesnar hit were his finisher, and he hit it five times. He needed to hit it five times to put Braun down because every single time Braun kept getting back up, and the fourth time he had to throw him literally out of the ring uh, uh, to get the back. Squash match is labeled as when your opponent gets no offense onto you. Brock got a kick in. Braun got one kick that didn't even do anything. Fair enough, fair enough. But again, I still feel like this isn't a total burial of Braun because, again, he needed uh, Brock needed to hit his finisher five times and have a foreign object used to, to put Braun down. And again... One of those times he had to use his finisher, he had to throw him out of the damn ring to do it. Uh, so this, I, this if, is not a burial, as in the tr- traditional sense, but they've been burying Braun every single time he gets an opportunity at the title. This was the moment at the Grand Royal Rumble you had him win the Royal Rumble match. Here in Saudi Arabia, you have him win the title. That's full arc. You don't give it to somebody who, for 500 days, never showed up with a title and never will for how many, how how long he keeps the belt. But anyway, title is pretty much gone from Raw now. Uh, the way I see it, they did this because they want to get that rematch between Brock and AJ at Survivor Series for the champion versus champion match. This time, I see AJ winning. And yeah. I see, I see Brock uh, defending the title after that quickly. He drops it, uh, and then, and, and then he goes off to fight Cormier. Uh, finally, yeah. I, I, I'm remaining hopeful on that. I, at the very least, I feel like I'm right about AJ winning. You know what Vince wants to do? He wants Brock Lesnar to show up on UFC with the Universal Title because that gives. Universal title, more prestige. And if Brock wins the title from Cormier, he will be a two-sport champion. But you also got to factor in, I mean, we saw at SmackDown 1000, we saw the look that the McMahons gave AJ Styles. They are very proud to have him as a champion. Uh, and I They were proud last year, and they still fed him to Lesnar to lose. I am sticking with my guns here that I feel like they would not have booked this rematch if not for they have something in store. I, I, f- I feel like they want to even the score here. Uh, that's just me. I, again, I'm an optimistic guy. So I, I'm, I'm, I would like to maintain hope that Vince is not a total idiot in his old age. Are, you, are we still talking about the same guy? Man, let me have this. Let me have this. This is a guy who still went ahead with the Saudi Arabia show and never mentioned it was in Saudi Arabia. Ah, uh, (laughs) Shut up. Okay, so I want to just move on here. This was an awful match. They shouldn't have buried Braun like they did. Braun should have won the title tonight and then had AJ versus Braun Champion versus champion, AJ has to conquer the monster. I agree with you that they should have had that. 
but I'm thinking if they did this instead, I, I, I feel like they're doing the rematch so that they can give AJ the one up and then they can potentially do a rubber match somewhere down they're the not road. Gonna let, Brock's not going to come back just to lose to AJ. Brock's an asshole like that. Yeah, but Brock also didn't want to work with Jin with Jinder, and he happily worked with AJ. So I feel like AJ is someone he, Brock he had no other choice. It was like AJ or Jinder. Which one do you want to work with? Which one would you pick? I, again, I I feel like I I I know I read somewhere that Brock had genuine respect for AJ after that match. Uh, so, uh, so like, I feel like if anyone is out there that Brock would be willing to take a loss for, it would probably be AJ. I hope so. I, I, and like I told you, if Brock does win, I hope it's not a squash match. Well, last year wasn't a squash match by any means. Like th they went at it for at least 15 minutes. So, uh, all right, so let's move on to the next match. The finals. Miz, oh, wait. So what we saw here was a double turn. Uh, like, uh. Dolph, Dolph basically attacks the Miz. Miz has his knee hurt. Now, we're, whether it was like a legit injury or not, I'm still not entirely is. sure. The way, as I pointed out to you in the chat, the way Miz was kind of selling the injury made me think that it, was, that it wasn't legit. Because he, he was like, I, I'm never injured. I'm never injured where the mic can hear him, you know? Okay. Uh, well, well, we'll find out soon when, once yeah. we get some reports from the official event. Uh, but <sighs> so, so it looks like they're going to throw the, the finals of the tournament out. And then Shane all of a sudden with authority – powers that we don't know where they come from. Yeah, apparently he can just put himself in the match. He he inserts himself into the match with Dolph Ziggler in the finals. Everyone is confused, including Baron Corbin. Uh, and also, everyone else gets sent to the back, uh, gets sent back to the gorilla position. Um, the, the referee is a SmackDown ref, by the way, so I wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of collusion going on there. But um, anyway, so announcers are going crazy about this, by the way. Yes, the crowd was absolutely loving this. No, um, the announcers were going crazy on this one. Cole did not like it. Yeah, yeah. The announcers were like, what is going on here? We the were like, what the hell is going on? But the crowd, for some reason, was loving this so much. Uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe they're, maybe they're fans of wacky wrestling like I am. Um, as, as you pointed out in the chat, Shane McMahon with the perfect GSP Superman punch. Yes, GSP loves to do the jab using the Superman punch jump. And, and like uh, Shane McMahon complete, opens up the match with that, followed by uh, a boxing combo. And I'm just like... Has the worst, shittiest looking combos in the world. It looks like he's like trying to connect, but doesn't connect at the same time. But either way, the the hilariousness of the entire situation oh, what, oh, pissed me off so bad. This this for some reason made me love love it. Uh, uh, like I, I don't know. I, like Mysterio or Orton or somebody besides a non wrestler. I, I, 
again, I've looked through all the reasoning in my head. By the way, the match ended with a coast to coast and then one, two, three. Shane McMahon gets the World Cup and he celebrates like he had just won, won the-, the entire fucking tournament. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, if you saw how genuinely upset Miz was that he couldn't compete in that final match, uh, it makes it, again, I think we had a double turn here. And I think we're. Double turn. I just think. Miz is going to turn face, and I kind of hope he doesn't. Miz is a better heel than he is face. You're correct on that. You're correct on that. But still, I feel like we were set up for storylines heading into Survivor Series and also afterwards. Um, Because, like, here we have the Miz who can feud with Shane McMahon and be like, I had my moment. I had my moment, and you took that from me. And not only did you take that from me, but you disrespected the entire tournament by just inserting yourself in after all of us had worked so damn hard and then hogging all the glory for yourself. Uh, the uh, is that Shane just inserts himself in the match, and it kind of devalues this tournament because now Shaman Man's known as the best wrestler in the world. Are you fucking kidding me? I again I feel I feel like they went the meta booking route where they did something that would that pissed that was meant to piss the audience off and also piss the roster off in kayfabe uh, so that they could have motivations for I future storylines. You could have just took kayfabe out of it a little bit. You could have had a good tournament that didn't have to deal with any storylines, and that's it. The Greatest Royal Rumble was a good match. It doesn't tie into anything. Fair point. Fair point. But I, I, again, so I think. How the hell would you book this World Cup as the best in the world? Just to have fucking shame it, man. A guy who hasn't wrestled in over a year. He's not a full time competitor. That just makes the whole World Cup a joke. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of reasons why they would do this, and it, we're, we're probably going to get explanations in, in, in the coming weeks. Um, but for, for now, yeah, I in the moment, I enjoyed the ridiculousness of it. How I'm going to feel about it tomorrow, I don't know. But, uh, but in the moment... I was just like and the fact that you had two matches back to back that both authority figures got involved and had an, had a significant um, play in the outcome back to back that was annoying as hell. And again, even Michael Cole pointed it out on um, on the live broadcast. Like, why is that the that both the acting general manager and the former general manager of the red and blue brands. What, why have they why wasn't Paige there? Uh, why wasn't Paige there? Yeah. It's I mean, Saudi Arabia. <laughs> they had Renee young on commentary. I mean, she wouldn't be there all the time. Have her out there to give the cup to the winner and that's it. Yep. I wouldn't be. Uh, yeah. I don't know if Paige was part of that deal that they, uh, that they, yeah. Uh, made. You get Renee over there, and even if she was, I don't know if she accepted that deal or not. Because, sure. yeah, yeah. And then, of course, the main event, which Cultaholic 
put it perfectly when, when Simon Miller tweeted, I totally forgot about DX versus Brothers of Destruction. I thought the end of the, the night was the World Cup Finals. Yeah, yeah. Like, this match somehow, it was the one match that they hyped more than anything else. And, and somehow yeah, we forgot. Yeah, and somehow everyone forgot it was supposed to happen until, like... This match the, was bad. I, again, I I got called in to do a chore, uh, uh, and and so I didn't really get to see much of this match. Know, it was nice seeing Sean back in the ring, and I I messaged you. I said Sean looks really weird with no hair. Yeah, yeah, like, like old age has not been good to his physical appearance, but no. but I mean physically wise, he looks good, but hair wise, no. But that's but. In terms of like actual in ring work, the parts that I did see, yeah. it looks like Sean can still go. Mm -hmm. it, like, and, and you know, I had a feeling that's how it would be. Like, he uh, remember when he retired the first time after he suffered his back injury in the nineties. He comes back in two thousand two, hasn't had a match in five years, and just delivers. And then he's able to keep that momentum going for several years up until the retirement match in two thousand ten. Mm -hmm. Eight and a half years later. Might not be match of the year worthy, but he's still able to go just as yeah. we all thought he would be. Just as I thought he would be able to. You, you were uh, you were kind of focused I, on the rivalry, uh, on the retirement and the value of that retirement that you were like, yeah, I, I don't want to see this. I never doubted that Michaels didn't have it. My problem was, of course, his, the retirement was so the way it ended was so nice. And the fact that it was going to be the Brothers of Destruction. I love Undertaker. I love Kane. It's time for them to retire. Taker, Taker can go somewhat, but Kane can't. Uh, Kane is a company guy, so like even if he <laughs> and I, I totally respect that. Even if he can't, he's he's going to do so anyway. Like he really shouldn't be able to. Uh, take these gigs anymore because he's a mayor yeah. of a town. Like, like he, he should have responsibilities that prevent him from wrestling. Yeah. What the hell is happening over in Knoxville, Tennessee? Uh, Knox County. Knox um, County. But uh, yeah, still like he, he somehow finds time in between doing Merrill work to, uh, to, to still wrestle and put on the mask. And um uh, you know, props to Glenn Jacobs for being a company guy, but um, um, and I'm happy to still see him getting work, just as I am with Big Show, uh, um, Undertaker. As long as he still feels he can be healthy, I'll I'll take what I can get from him. Uh, I just, uh, but like, if I feel like we're watching a shell of a of a, we're watching a shell of a man compete in the ring. That's what I kind of felt tonight. And I didn't really get to, I didn't really get to see that. Uh, so I don't know if that's how I would feel as well. He pretty much did classic Undertaker. He did the old school, kind of failed at the first attempt of at the old school. Um, he finally hit it. He did the tombstone. He did the choke slam, but he didn't seem like he was fully invested in this match. Which is what I've been feeling for the past few years, ever since he lost the streak. And it's and it's weird that you that you feel that way because I thought like 
he's coming back because he feels like he still has something left in him to prove. Uh, so, but if like, if it feels like he's kind of just walking through the motions, uh, then I mean, yeah. maybe that was just me. Maybe you should go back and rewatch the main event, see what you think of it. But the way I got it, like both Taker, I would say more than Kane, Kane gave a shit about this match. He was the one that was trying to really work towards it. Taker was just going by the motions. And it sucks to see that because I am a huge Undertaker fan. I love the Undertaker. But I caught, like I see it, he was going through the motions. He wasn't really invested in the match. He had a a shitty-looking Hell's Gate that Triple H had to help him get his leg over into the Hell's Gate position. Again, you you said maybe if I watch it again, my I might see something different from what you did. But I'm asking you this because you actually did pay attention. Um, do you do you feel like it's because he he he's he feels like this rivalry is, is kind of going nowhere, and like if he's still going to wrestle, he would like to maybe have his last few matches be with someone who can definitely deliver and like motivate him to be able to hang with the younger guys still like, uh, like let's say, uh, let's say he'd actually gotten a chance to compete with AJ styles at some point this year. Do you feel like that would be a match that would make him wake up and be, and be happy to still be wrestling? I now if you put it like AJ styles versus the undertaker, I feel like Taker would be more invested, and I feel like him and AJ would put on a good match because I feel like AJ would probably carry most of the match. It just comes down to old age. I mean, you can say you can see he's getting kind of weaker. He's not really the most athletic anymore. Um, this, this feud. This doesn't work. Um, and you could tell everyone involved, they didn't really care about this feud. Like Triple H and Shawn Michaels, they tried their best to make it as interesting as possible. It just, no one was invested in this in this robbery. Uh, well, you, you're right about that because I kind of wasn't invested in the match either. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. So, so like, and maybe it's just because this has been a, a weird day for me. Uh, I'm running on very little sleep. So uh, uh, you've heard me stumble multiple times throughout this episode. If you've actually stayed and watched through, listened through the full hour and 45 minutes that we've been going. Which if you have, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Because like I said, I was hoping we weren't going to go two hours and yet here we are again, just 15 minutes short of that. I'm trying not to, I promise you, but with with two full pay-per-view cards, it's kind of hard to go short. Fair enough, fair enough. So let's just skip the uh, – let's let's go through the ratings quickly here. Yep. With the so parts – got to give the any of the match. Shawn Michaels and Triple H win using the X Factor, the Sweet Chin music, into the uh, pedigree. The pedigree looked weird. It seemed like Kane took his own bump on it, though. I, I did I did notice at, uh, that something was weird about that jump for the bump. but yeah, um, That jump for the bump. <laughs> All right, so let's get to the ratings. Nico, what do you rate uh, Crown Jewel? Uh, 
I'll give it a C minus because it didn't do its job of getting me invested. See, you're uh, you're more nicer than I am. I'm giving it a D. I'm giving it a D minus. I was tempted to give it a D plus because I I I feel like there definitely were wrestlers in these matches that were trying. It's just they didn't succeed. That's why I, I didn't invest in Yeah, and like again, I I can't forget that like AJ versus Joe that was good. I kind of enjoyed Shane versus Dolph. As oh my god, as, I fucking hated that. As stupid as it was, and that's probably why I enjoyed it was because it was such a stupid decision. Um, and I, for for, for you some can reason, brain off and enjoy wrestling. I can't. Fa- fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, and that's, I, not, and that's not a nod towards you. I wish I could. All right, so th- those are our ratings. Let's let's give our plugs so I can go take a nap. And of course, if you obviously couldn't tell, the winner of this week was Evolution, the way better card. Absolutely, absolutely. And now we got War Games and we got Survivor Series. And you know, Survivor Series, provided they don't do anything stupid in the Survivor elimination matches, has, has a very interesting card. So we have Charlotte. Or not, not Charlotte, Becky and Rhonda. We have Nakamura versus Rollins, which I cannot wait for that match. We have um, Brock versus AJ, which is going to be a good match, hopefully. I think that's it, right? That That's what's been announced so far. We have Rhonda versus Becky. We have uh, Rollins versus Nakamura. And we have the rematch between Brock and AJ from last year. Uh, the bar is likely going to be facing uh, a new tag team champions on Raw because yeah. again, again from from the way Seth Rollins has been appearing on TV lately, it looks like the Shield is going to drop the tag titles without even defending it. Uh, so yeah. it's just a matter of like who are they going to put the belts on for um, for the bar to face off against and. You know, last year's Survivor Series was on its way to becoming one of the best pay-per-views of oh, that yeah. year. And then it completely shat on itself in, in the final match uh, with, 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 um, with uh, Triple H turning on Angle and him and Braun being the sole survivors. But Braun is like, why the hell did we do this? And, and uh, like then that, that and dynamic then went Braun nowhere. Was- and then trying to start a, a rivalry with Triple – yeah, as you point out, the rivalry between Triple H and Braun that I guess they forgot about? And probably a good thing that they forgot about it because it means we don't have to remember that, oh, hey, this stupid match is why this rivalry uh, started in the first place. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, the, the way Survivor Series is lining up right now, I feel like it's on the right track to being another uh, potential card of the year. Uh, it's just a matter of – they got to do those team matches right. They got they got to do those elimination Survivor Series matches right, so that we don't have the same hiccups that we had last year. And also, they got to make sure that uh, the the brands look even in terms of quality, because mm-hmm. it, it, for for two years in a row, Raw has been on the winning side, and I feel and I think we can both say that SmackDown is the better show, and it has oh, been the better oh, show. Man. It has been the better show for those two years. So do SmackDown a favor and give them the overall win for crying out loud. Yeah, it's not that hard. But I guess Vince just loves Raw more than SmackDown for some reason. 
because it's the show he attends more. So, uh, so he's like, this well, is the show I have control over. Better. This is the show I have control over. Damn it. Uh, and, and, and now you see why Raw's ratings are down and SmackDown ratings are up. Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. Plus more plugs. Nico, where can people find you? Um, at Nico Suaregoli for Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. That's N-I-C-O-S-U-A-V-E-R-E-G-O-L-I. You can find me here every weekend at the Week of Wrestling Podcast with Hunter Chambliss. Um, and I we're, we might be doing a Schmodown discussion show too. Hopefully not today though, because I kind of want to take a nap. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll I'll let you know how my schedule works out. Because um, I I want my family wants to spend time together. Um, Sunday if you're free. Maybe, maybe. But um, and you can find me over at Multiplex Entertainment. That's the name of the Facebook. Tell group. the name of the the, the uh, Schmodown discussion that show that you came up with. Ah uh, yes. Um, Smacking the Schmoeth down, which uh, is a nice little play on words from the rocks laying the smacketh down on your candy ass line. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, uh, getting back to Multiplex, uh, they, that's the name of the Facebook group and the YouTube channel. The Twitter is at MultiplexYT. The Instagram is Multiplex Entertainment Network. The T public is just Multiplex. We have some, we have shirts on there that you can go check out. Two new Zaddy Smith based shirts just dropped last night. Um, so go check those out. Um, and in terms of the schedule of Multiplex, Monday's Movie Warzone, where Hunter is a question writer and occasional co host. Uh, mm -hmm. TV Throwdown is on Tuesdays, both singles and fandom. Uh, Wednesday is Sports Battlefield and our fantasy football discussion show, which I guess is on hiatus because Caleb hasn't done shit with that show in a while. Um, Thursday is our brand new Arrowverse discussion show called Crisis on Earth Plex, hosted by myself and Zaddy C. Man Smith. I want to come on one day if possible. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Friday is Fandom Fight. That is sort of our inner geekdom style division. Um, we have singles and teams. We're getting closer to crowning uh, our team champions and finding a contender for Robert Parker's uh, singles title. Saturday is Nerdgasm. Again, fuck debates. Uh, and finally, we wrap it all up in a nice little bow on Sundays with my recap show called Around the League with Nico. So check that out right there. And as a little nice little plug for my friend Zadia Smith, hashtag fuck Terra Nova. <laughs> hashtag fuck Terra Nova. I think we all agree. Um, Nico, are, are you doing a um, watch along for UFC was it 230? Possibly. It'll it'll depend on how I feel tomorrow night. All right, all right. And thank you guys for watching. Uh, make sure to give us a rate, subscribe, and also um, as thumbs up is what you say. I don't, I don't really know how to close this off. But um, you guys can find me over at my YouTube channel, Film Nerd TV, where starting on November 14th, we will be uploading our first Combat Zone Wrestling Trivia match as my co-host Nico takes on the Sandman, Sandy Robinson. You guys saw him or heard him on uh, two, two episodes ago when we were discussing Raw 1000. So if you want to do a little promo, this is Smackdown 1000. Smackdown 1000. Smackdown 1000. So, I mean, if you want to give a promo and hype this up, you shall. 
Nah, I'm tired and I want to take a nap. So let the let's just close <laughs> the show out here. All right, guys. Thank you for watching, and I um we'll see you next time. Peace out, guys. <laughs>